Two Designers Walk Into a Bar is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information about our show or to discover more podcasts you'll enjoy, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, do you want me to jump in and get I want, started? I do. I want you to jump in. Jump in. I want you to I want you to dance this mess around. That's what I want you to do. Here in the bar. Here dance in the bar. This mess around. Dance get yeah. jump jump up and start dancing on the bar. I want yeah, I'm alluding to future new wave uh, uh podcasts that we're gonna be working on. Oh. For right now, I want you to get your blue note on. I thought you were referring to your favorite movie, uh Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I thought that was your dancer name. Oh, well, that's yeah. That well, not only in college. Oh, okay, okay. You carried that through. I did. Uh, hey, you, you need a handle. You know. You know, we should probably uh, start talking about something that uh, people might enjoy, other than <laughs> <laughs> other than talking about our college dancer names. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Elliot. And Todd. Welcome to Two Designers Walk Into a Bar, an ongoing conversation about pop culture and iconic design. Today we're going to take a step back in time and into a bar from the past as we rub elbows with the beats. We may be in Greenwich Village. We could be in North Beach. Wherever our bar is for you, it's home to the hippest cats and the coolest kittens. So ask the bartender for some reasonably priced Chianti, wave the cigarette smoke away from your face, and dig the crazy scene right alongside us here in the bar. Uh, Ellie, this is a little bit like, uh, you know, the after party, uh, at the jazz club. Right? Ooh, I so, like that. Yeah. So we talked a little bit of, well, we, we had a lot of conversation about beats, the origin of the beats, where they mm-hmm. came from, where they, uh, what they were influenced by. And we specifically jumped into the sound of the beats, which was jazz and specifically blue note. Yep. And... Uh, you showed some great examples there. Um, there was some consistency there that uh, was really uh, kind of noteworthy when you start looking at it. And um, I happen to know that there is an unknown illustrator that got his start with uh, Reed Miles, a guy you might know, Andrew Warhola. N- name sound familiar? He's from uh, Pittsburgh originally, right? He is, yeah, a good Pittsburgh guy. But yeah, he uh, later in his career, he had quite some influential album covers, but he illustrated quite a few for uh, Blue Note, I think. Um, probably the most famous that everybody would know is Count Basie. 
did portraits. And most of these are portraits of the bands. Mm -hmm. So Count Basie, uh, Kenny Burrell. Let me see, who else? Johnny Griffin. So, you, you know, Thelonious Monk. Mm -hmm. And he signed them as well. But why did I... <laughs> <laughs> he signed his artwork just like smart guy it. yeah yeah why i know not? so uh because he was interested in making money which he ended up doing so why do i bring up this at the time obscure illustrator when we're talking about the beats reason being is uh, he went on to do a little something something also as part of the new york scene and we're going to be talking about that and some upcoming episodes. So my hope is that we're starting to see uh, a golden pop culture thread tie through these different influential scenes. So you talked a lot about the conceptual approaches for some of those Blue Note records that were uh, designed by uh, Reed Miles. And, you know, when you look at that, there's a there's a pretty good juxtaposition with the Andy Warhol designed ones. Uh, specifically, let's talk about the Count Basie one. Okay. It's a portrait of Count Basie. Uh, it, it's pretty, pretty Andy Warhol, primitive looking. Um, you know, blotchy ink lines. Pretty expressive uh, for the time. Little watercolor wash. And Count Basie is looking off to the left at his name in the album cover, which is guess what? Set in Cooper Black. So these are a couple of my favorite things being wrapped up all together in one bit here. <laughs> it's actually not set in Cooper Black. It's not. Uh, -uh it's set in like an uh, Egyptian slab serif. It is because I'm looking. I wonder if we're looking at the same. Are you I'm, uh, the one I'm looking at is not a slab serif. It's it's Cooper Black. Um, hmm. So the the Count Basie one? Yeah. Here, I'll show you. No, the, okay. The, let me see the one you're. Uh, yeah, look at the one you sent me. That oh yeah, that is a slab. No, okay, yeah, the one. Um, is there a different I'm looking, version? I'm looking. Okay, so all right, I love that we're having this discussion. I'm looking at the one that was actually released by RCA Victor. Uh, okay. And RCA Victor could afford Cooper Black. <laughs> I guess they it's could. It's the same <laughs> illustration, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the one for Blue Note is like a, um, is a slab serif. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we can cut all that shit out if we want. No, I think this is. I think this is. Uh, I, I'm now looking it up because I'm curious about it. Yeah, look at the RCA Victor one. It's got like this kind of. Yeah, son of a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. why they just changed the typeface. They must have. Okay, I I stand corrected. Yeah, this Isn't looks like funny? the original. Yeah, and then they threw a bunch of shit in his hat, like in yeah, the under yeah. underside the brim of his hat. If I had a nickel every time that's happened to me. <laughs> Someone threw shit in your hat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you'd be so talking to me from your desert island. I would. I would. Um, 
Yeah. So okay. No. Is... No. Keep rolling. This is this is okay. this is good, man. Sorry. There's some great. No, that's okay. No, that's cool. But it's it's interesting because we realized there were two uh, releases. This um, is now. This is something interesting I found. I'll be honest with you. Doing all of this album research uh-huh. is over the years when stuff gets released and re-released and released in different formats and stuff like this. People will take liberties with the layouts and they'll change stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not always like a one-for-one situation. Interesting, yeah. Well, I guess it it was not, like, album cover design had not come into its own yet, so it wasn't like it was crazy recognized yet. Yeah, or it was uh, just like, I don't know, throw a typeface on it, or this yeah, is close yeah. enough, or whatever. Yeah. So there's a bunch from that period that Andy Warhol illustrated and there's another great one that we'll have a picture of on the website. It's called Trombone by Three, and it's three different musicians. Um, they uh, evidently are trying to illustrate a trombone here, but it looks like they're playing a baseball bat with their <laughs> mouth on the bottom. But it's a pretty cool illustration. You know, it's got like that blotchy line look. And one of my favorites that... You just gotta love. There is um, a Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins duet, and it has giant type, giant sans serif type that is Monk, and it's all kind of chunked together. Um, but then Andy Warhol did some hand lettering that kind of weaves its way through the open part, the top part of the M, and um, the left side of the M, which just beautiful handwriting, again, with like this really crappy looking um, <laughs> nib pen that makes this great, great texture. Right, right. This blots everything out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... My point in saying all of that is, again, we want to have this golden thread that ties a lot of these things together. And there's going to be more about Andy Warhol and the factory scene and Studio 54 scene coming up in a few episodes. And I think he started making a little bit more than 50 bucks a pop on album cover design. Like 55 or 60? 55. I think it was like 56, 50. Yeah. He was not afraid to make money, which is going to be an interesting part (laughs) of the 60s to talk about. And there's actually, there's a great book that includes um, all of his album cover art, including the ones for Blue Note and RCA Victor. Uh, I'll post a link on our website that has some great stuff. Not just the the few famous ones that everyone knows, but there's a great book that's um, Andy Warhol album cover art. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, cool. So, similar in the takeaways that there's a heavy use of black and primary color um, for some of these. Your Count Basie, uh, well, the Count Basie one carries on your favorite style of black and red-orange. And then uh, there's another really cool one, Johnny Griffin, um, that the name of the album is The Congregation. Yeah. And and it's, you know, they went a little crazy. There's three colors there. It looks kind of silk-screened with the line drawing, too. So, you know, still, still got a, that bouncy quality. It's cropped sort of oddball, but it looks a little bit more... Um, tropical, a little bit more funky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it has that blue in it that you mentioned before, so you got your wish. That I was missing, yeah, yeah. 
All right. So this is good. This is a little extra. Hopefully that uh, people will start to see that um, there's more exciting stuff coming up with the beats, as you mentioned in the episode. And uh, there's going to be some tie-ins to Andy Warhol later. Oh, yeah. And, and as we mentioned before, our next full episode is going to be on some of the other uh, illustrators doing work during the, the beat era. Ah, see, it all ties together. It does. It's almost like we planned it. Ah, please. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, speaking of planning, let's plan on going back up to the bar so you can get me another drink. Oh, oh, okay. I see where we're going with that. All right. See ya. So, Jim, we got a problem with our podcast. Right. Nobody says it correctly. No. Some people say how to fix it. Or how do you fix it? But think of it like this. Whatever the problem, we're in this together. How do we fix it? How How do do we we fix fix it? it? Yeah. How do we fix it? The solution show from the political to the personal. Practical ideas for creative listeners. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Ideas that work. That's your radio voice, Richard. Oh, well, I know. (laughs) I love it. I couldn't do it to save my life. Two Designers Walk Into a Bar is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information about our show or to discover more podcasts you'll enjoy, visit evergreenpodcasts.com.